Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are back in the studio. And by the studio, I mean my apartment. Yes, we are off a stage on a couch with mics that are connected to the recording device. We are fancy, I would say. Really, really killing it. And this week, you know, we're we're in Halloween. I feel like All About Steve was a great way to start October because that's a very scary movie. It is a very scary movie. You really, <laughs> there's a lot of monsters in it. There's yeah. a there's a, a terrifying theme. Um, and and so we we're, so we're moving along with more scary movies. We got we have here Drop Dead Fred from 1991. Yeah, a a classic. A classic. I mean, I've heard that it is. I've definitely I mean, this was this week was my first time ever seeing it and I've I've definitely heard about this movie for a very long time. We have um Who's in this movie? We got well we as ha- the main as the main we well, have woman. Phoebe Cates. We have Phoebe Cates. We got Rick Mail as Drop Dead Fred himself. We got Marcia Mason as the mom. You know, very legendary actress. Tim Matheson. We have fantastic Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher just. And we have the star that almost was, or that mostly was in the '90s, Ron Eldred. Yes, he's there. Oh yeah, Bridget Fonda is here too. Yeah, we got it's a yeah, cast. It's kind of stacked. Yeah, directed by <laughs> <laughs> who is this? Uh, eight dead Jung. That's yeah. really I'm, I'm I try. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have done better. Uh, he's a Dutch film director. He produced The Discovery of Heaven. Um, I don't know. Also directed a movie called Highway to Hell with some people in it. Sounds like he's thinking about the afterlife quite a good bit. Directed a movie called All Men Are Mortal. Have not seen it. Again, a lot of death theme here. Right, 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 right. So, you know, this is a direct, like, this is definitely out of my understanding, my wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. Same. I mean, yeah. Like, Kyle is the one that lived in the Netherlands, and he hadn't hadn't seen this movie either, so. Oh, so all three of us. Yeah. Learned something this week yes, about we ourselves, and what we Dead learned Fred. was how we feel about this movie, Drop Dead Fred. And I usually, when I hear another podcast do a movie, I tend to like wait a year or something. But when I listened to the How Did This Get Made episode on it, I just thought, "What is this?" And I had very high expectations. And what I found was, <laughs> I love, I love imagining you going into this movie with high expectations <laughs> and being like, astound me, blow me away. And then you're I like, really okay, that this sure. Was, I really thought that this movie would change my life. I yeah. really did. I, I, you know, I thought that I'd be forever altered by Drop Dead Fred. But what I mostly found is that Phoebe Cates, I will say, Phoebe Cates should have been a bigger star. And I mean, she was. You know, she had her uh, moment in the 80s, but I but I feel like she should have been a bigger star. She kind of has like kind of like Winona energy, but a bit more like fluid, a bit more expressive. Yes, definitely more. I love that more fluid Winona energy. She she could be 
you know, she could be angsty or she could be uh, earthy and and happy. And there's there's more emotional range, but also less specificity, which, you know, depending right. on what you're looking for, good or bad. So um, I, the, the thing about Phoebe Cates and I feel like if you were obsessed with 80s cinema like I was, you will know this. That she had a really big moment. She was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High where she, you know, she plays a character in that movie, but she's most known for the scene where Judge Reinhold imagines her naked and jerks off to it. So, yeah. So that's. <laughs> and I, feel like, I feel like that image also totally over overtakes Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is not a fun movie. Like, it's a pretty serious movie. With that one really com comedy moment in it, yes, it it it's a heavy movie. It's it, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I don't feel like a teen movie <laughs> has been as good about abortion. Honestly. I'm sorry, I got like I got really um, uh, distracted by the fact that uh, her daughter is Frankie Cosmos. AKA Greta Klein. Do you know her? She's a musician. No. Oh, okay. So I've, I've like listened to her music and so it was fun to make that connection. Oh, okay. And she's done music for a few movies. So I'm just always interested when, especially an actor like, like Phoebe Cates who didn't become as big as they could have been, but had a moment when they have a kid that also succeeds in a similar arena. Like That's she's, so she's music. She's I, music. I want to, I want to listen to that, but yeah, yeah. She, she had that moment. She was in she was in the movie that scarred me for life, Gremlins. If you know me at all, you should know that Gremlins scarred me for life. Please don't show it to me. I have not watched it in years. It scares the shit out of me. Anyway, what what aspect of it scarred you, or do you not want to go the into it? Is it gonna movie. is it gonna just like dig up like, trauma? I watched it, like I watched it very very young, and it yeah. like destroyed me. <laughs> It just like like your brain was just desecrated like by the I, by the reality of it. I never recover. Oh no. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm just like every year am I going to try to watch Gremlins and like really overcome that fear and it never happens. Have your friends <laughs> ever tried to really pressure you that yes, way? Yes, I have been pressured to rewatch Like Gremlins. when they find out that you have a thing about Gremlins, then there there's like this challenge that yes, they're presented yes. with. No, it's it's been friends, it's been boyfriends have done it too. It's really kind of irritating. Truly everyone's and the worst, sometimes right? Sometimes people will just be like, "Oh, well just watch Gremlins too. That's the funny one. You won't be scared of that." And it's like just because a movie has jokes in it doesn't mean that it's not still scary, okay? Leave also, me alone. <laughs> like, this is... A lot of people <laughs> will disagree with me here, but, like, there's a lot of movies. If someone really doesn't want to see one, that's okay. <laughs> like, like they so don't need movies. to see it. They can go watch another one it's that they very, like or that they hate, you know? It's like, it's just <laughs> funny to me. Like, I understand we all have, like, the movies that affected us really strongly. And so we want people to see them or we want someone to rewatch it and reconsider it. Um, but there's also a point where you just got to say, you know what? You don't want to see that. Okay. Like, <laughs> we'll yeah. talk about something else. I'm so glad. Uh, yeah. I, I'm so glad that you respect me in that way because people have been like getting on me for years. And yeah. the thing about it is, is that like Phoebe Cates is great in the movie. Phoebe Cates, as far as I know, any movie that I've seen her in, she's been great. Yeah. She's um, a great actress. She, she is. Um, she just, you know, she married Kevin Klein and 
he was a bigger star than her. And I feel like, and I don't want to put this on their relationship because I'm sure that they're very happy. But sometimes you notice like when, when an act, when like an artist marries another artist, whether it be acting, music or whatever, one of them, usually the man gets to do what he needs to do and continues to flourish while the other one, usually the woman just stops. Actually, you could say that about Bridget Fonda, who married Danny Elfman and then stopped acting for good. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure in the late 90s. Yeah. And I, I'm <laughs> always curious about that because like there's, you know obviously multiple factors that come into play. It's like, what decisions do they make around having kids and how they want to do that? I feel like that's a big factor. I think there was a decision. Like I know that Bridget Fonda was like, I want to be a mom. And so I think that maybe Phoebe Cates made that same decision because she hasn't made, she hasn't been in she a movie two kids. Since, since 2001. Like yeah. She, so it's like, okay, I want to focus on raising our kids. And the last movie that she was in, she played Kevin Klein's husband. Like they were, they just played a husband and wife in it. <laughs> wait, you said Kevin Klein's husband. And I was like, wait, did she play? a man oh, no i wish i, no, I, I figured it was a um i figured that was a mistake but i was actually really hoping no, it wasn't that would have been actually because really that would be amazing yes i would love that um no like i just yeah it was it's a movie called the anniversary party which was like co-directed by um jennifer jason lee and alan cumming and it's like a lot of like their friends and it was <laughs> it was just like oh this is the last movie that she was in you're this, like okay <laughs> this whole like we're all hanging out at a summer home thing anyway you know i enjoy kevin klein i enjoy phoebe cates but i kind kind of wish that was like my main thought while watching this i kind of wish we had gotten more from her yeah absolutely and it does bum me out because even if like i'm obviously projecting here because i don't know the inside of their relationship but it is a bummer when you see this happen so often that you enjoy two artists and then it feels like like you said it feels like one of them gets to do a lot and then the other one just kind of fades and i always wonder okay how much of that is choice you know how much of that is like yeah we want to have a family and then how much of that is feeling frustrated and like knowing that it will, it'll be harder for your relationship if you feel like you're actively competing on any level you know there's right. just and so I many question like, marks especially you know it was still like this in the 90s even though people like to pretend that it's not that you know someone decides to stay home with the kids like someone yeah. makes that choice like it's only really recently that people are starting to like really interrogate that in a in in like a very long lasting way. Yes, absolutely. It's not just like, oh, we might get a nanny to help sometimes. It's like, but okay, it's, if we want to have kids, we're going to have to figure out full-time childcare so we can both go right. out. Yeah, and somebody needs to be home with the kids. And I feel like, you know, Phoebe Cates was home with the kids and Bridget Fonda too. And, you know, but they were both, you know, very iconic in the films that they were in. Like even yeah. though Bridget Fonda's only in this for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's, yeah, I mean, we we wish we had more of her, and and in this movie, it's <laughs> such a it's such a weird movie. Um, it is because it's basically a movie about a woman who does not know herself, trying to save her marriage because she does not know what else to do with yes. herself. Yeah, she's basically never. Yeah, she's never figured out who she is, um, and she's terrified of being alone. And she, um, I mean, and it uh, it all starts in childhood when she forms this relationship with her imaginary friend. I feel like the fact that her imaginary friend is a man is very purposeful. Okay, so I can I put on my tinfoil hat for a second? Uh, yeah, always. I always have a little <laughs> bit of one on. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> So, uh, so the um, 
this character, Phoebe Cates' character, has a, you know, kind of like the the normal, like, overbearing mom character. But she also has this dad named Nigel. She has a just this British dad named Nigel, who it feels like Nigel, there's like a whole thing with Nigel that was cut out. Because we know that he left. And we know yes. that when he was there, like, there was a strain on her rela- his relationship with the mom. And the movie frames it like it's drop-dead Fred that ruined their marriage. But you feel like there's something else going on. But it's Absolutely. very hard to it's tell. It's like, Nigel is never... We never really get enough context for him. And it's kind of... Yeah, the movie is basically like, oh, drop-dead Fred ruins their marriage. But also, isn't her mom so awful? Yeah, the movie like really blames her mom. The thing about the thing that I notice is that this is a movie full of people. There are only two British people in this movie. Fred and Nigel. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Oh my god, my tinfoil hat. Oh, I'm ready. Uh, is this going to be a British thing? No, uh, well, it's a thing where it's like I kind of feel like Drop Dead Fred is like an imaginary version of her father. I think that she's really, really obsessed with her father. And she feels like her mother gets in the got in the way of their relationship, got in the way of their fun. And you even kind of see it in the flashbacks where it's like, mom's the mean one, dad's the fun one. And dad would be more fun if mom wasn't around. And I just I just think it's weird that the only two British people in the movie are like father figures to her. And it just yeah. feels if it yeah, was an accident, it's it's kind of weird because it just almost seems like she's like hanging out with her dad and like she just imagined like just like a really reckless dad, a really reckless dad. Yeah, and she has to clean up after. I mean, yeah, it's, and which makes you wonder, like, if if that theory, if that theory is you know what it is, then we're not seeing what Nigel's really doing. Yeah, right? I really, we're not seeing. I mean, we're not getting a lot of Nigel, but it's like I just don't understand. It's like it's like it's two skinny British white guys, and I'm not supposed to think that they're supposed to be like related in any kind of way. That there's any kind of like, like, because why would she? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like Fred seems like such a weird. Like See, what? What relation does Fred have to the actual life that she lived, except that she had a British dad named Nigel? Like I felt like this movie was really weird in the sense that it frames from the beginning. It frames it that like she has this awful mom and like this toxic home life, and so I don't know. I'm just I'm immediately going like full Matilda. I'm like, okay, she grew up in a super abusive home, and she has this imaginary friend because it's a normal coping mechanism. I mean, kids are imaginative, and I had imaginary friends, but. But also, like, it's a if you're living in intense trauma, it's a normal coping mechanism to create a whole new world. And that's something that kids do a lot, like, to survive. But and so just, I was like, but then it never shows. seems like a brat. It never shows actual, like, I don't want to see, like, gratuitous trauma. But her mom actually, her mom is shitty, like, later on. Like, it, it feels manipulative. But I never see her mom do anything, like... Like her mom is just responding to, to her a lot of her reckless behavior. Yeah, her mom is just responding to Lizzie like ruining the house. Yeah. And like we're supposed to just believe this weird like destructive imaginary friend and this child when we don't really know what her parents are actually like. It's I don't know, it's very And it's also just like whenever uh the whenever Marsha Mason is like trying to take care of something like Oh, Nigel, did you hear something? Like, Nigel don't do shit. Like, Nigel doesn't get out of bed. 
like he doesn't even take it seriously and later on like when he leaves like it's implied that the catalyst is that she's like okay i'm taking away her imaginary friend and this dad is just like well that's that's the last straw (laughs) yeah it's so weird like the dad freaks out and is like oh you can't and basically like there's this wind up toy like a jack in the box and yeah. that's and like drop dead fred is associated with the jack in the box and so symbolically you know her mom is like t- putting tape around it like we're getting rid of fred you don't get to have fred and nigel's just like how dare you and i just it's I just, really do agree. I feel like the yeah. family dynamic just either there was stuff cut or they just assume we know more than we do. It feels like it, it doesn't feels like stuff was cut because like there's just it doesn't not feel enough. fleshed out at all. Like yeah. there's a lot of drama and there's so many flashbacks in this movie showing her as a kid. But showing not, her as a kid being a little shit. But like, literally all she's doing is making messes. Like there's right, yeah. not one scene where she's responding to her parents doing something bad by like being being with drop dead fred like it yeah. like as an adult watching this for the first time i was like i, was, I hated i was her. like she had behavioral issues and yeah her parents probably should have gotten like they tried to get her help i don't know man i <laughs> like i guess i'm i guess i'm a narc i guess i'm a cop like when it comes to this movie because i was just like they, they did not do a good job of showing whatever they were trying to show oh no like even like the cold open where like where her mom reads her this story about you know like a princess and a prince and like happily ever after and then she's like how do you know whether it's happily ever after and then like well you know if the princess misbehaves then the prince would just like leave her and then the and then she, which like that's a weird thing to say to your kid but it seems to come from a place of like this woman has been left before yeah 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 this woman's (laughs) just like well happily ever after is actually conditional so let's get real about that based on whether or not like you know (laughs) your man doesn't leave you can i just like sidebar like marcia mason in this movie is like She's perfectly, she's beautiful. She's accomplished. She's well-dressed. She like, I was constantly looking at her just like, she's so stylish. I just yeah, she her. is. She has some great outfits. Um, And so like, the I would love to know, like, cause you know, of course, like beautiful people do get left. Like, you know, Beyonce was cheated on, blah, 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 blah. Anybody could be cheated on. Um, But there's still like, I, there's no indication of what she does that like makes men not want to stay. It yeah. just... And I feel like that just adds to this whole yeah. overarching, it's like a gaze of the film that is just like, we hate her mom. And I'm like, I don't know why, because I've never actually, I do, I see her mom, like maybe not handle things the best, but yeah, but, but it seems only, like her mom is like dealing with some, tra- like some actual trauma, like something yeah, that we could watch and, a movie on. And like, it's just very, I don't know. I, it's hard because I want to like Lizzie. But I have a hard time connecting with her because she's an, a, gr- a grown woman who dresses and acts like she's like 11. Yeah. Um, like that's another, that's a very creepy it's thing. It's whole thing. She's like dressed like a little girl as an adult and yeah. oh my wants God. this when- man who seems much older and it feels very pedophile. It does. Like this, this brought me back to, um, uh, you know what I'm thinking of? I, I don't. 
What? Okay. Uh, oh, the Bruce Willis movie. Well, why am I forgetting? The Color oh, of Night. The oh, Color yes, of Night. Color of Night. I yes. mean, very, very different tone. But like her, yes. the way that she looked and carried herself in this movie, wanting her husband back, like it felt like she was a fourteen-year-old. Okay, let's let's figure out how old everyone was playing this game. This movie was released in 1991. Phoebe Cates was born in 1963. Let's see, 1991. I cannot find the calculator. <laughs> oh, so she was uh, she was 28. Okay, 28. Yeah, definitely too old to be dressing like that. Like that's a year older than me. Um, yeah. And so yeah, she was wearing just like this like baby doll kind of like she's wearing. <laughs> She wears like tall socks, but not like knee socks, like like those like roughly ones you'd wear to Sunday school with uh-huh. like flat, shiny shoes. And she wears like nightgowns. Like it's very it's like unmistakably. It's not even like, oh, she has a cutesy feminine style that could be considered okay, like girlish. So, so this movie is a 28 year old woman trying to get her 44 year old husband back. Yes. Which does, I mean, that that adds up. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I'm not saying that that age gap is inherently wrong, but I am saying that based on the way that she acts and the way that he acts, yes, it is wrong and it is Oh, weird. yeah. I mean, it definitely <laughs> seems like he swooped in when she was like 20 or something and was like... He, yeah. And was like a creepy... Well, because they've been married for two years, which means that they got married when she was 26 and he was still in his 40s when they got married. Yeah. And it's like insinuating that, that, they, that they were dating before and that. that. Yeah, and that could feel different. Again, that would feel very different if... His character wasn't innately a womanizer, like a creepy womanizer, and she wasn't like so. Her development wasn't so arrested, and you know. But he's um, also just but like he's, this like old timey kind of womanizer. Like he just seems like he comes from a different time like entirely. I was su- yeah, I was surprised he didn't call her abroad. Like that was his vibe. <laughs> um, and also, like he, her husband, is only two years younger than Marsha Mason was. So, so the character, the other thing, the character that plays her husband would be a better pairing with her mother. Yeah. And I feel like that's why her mom is so invested in this relationship because it's like, she feels like she, that like she somebody like needs to keep a man, needs another parent to take care of her. And I think that that's why, uh, when she figures out that the marriage isn't working because Tim Matheson wants to be with Bridget Fonda for some reason, um, she's like, oh, you got to stay with me because I feel like there's this like idea that she cannot live alone. Like she just could not do it. And also. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely it's like a learned helplessness where her mom thinks that way about her. And it seems like Charles, her husband slash ex feels that way about her. And also Lizzie feels that way about herself. She doesn't at any, there's no point where she's like, she's not like, I'm going to figure out what this means and like figure out who I am. She's just like, Oh, I got to get this guy back because I have no sense of self. And if you juxtapose her with, um, the Bridget Fonda, who he's cheating on her with Bridget Fonda, by the way, is like basically the same age as Phoebe Cates in this movie, but she is kind of like dolled up to be like the more sophisticated option. They're the same age. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And so it's just like he's like going it's really like, it's really just about presentation. I feel right, I felt like yeah. it was very much and that was actually part of it was that they are the same age but Bridget Fonda is like 
more worldly, you know? And right. I mean, Phoebe Kate's character has like a very like cre almost like a virginal feel. I uh. She seems like she's never had sex. Yeah. And and uh and he seems like he likes that about her and it's very creepy. It seems like also that she like when she does have sex, she just lies there. Oh yeah, no, it it's very uh It makes you wonder like how her and Carrie Fisher became friends because Carrie Fisher, like, she has this look on her face, like number one Carrie Fisher, amazing in this movie. Oh, Carrie Fisher's fantastic. She, she just, was my favorite part. She just like seems like she just like wants to fuck all the time. And she's just like, Why am I not fucking right now? Yeah, Carrie Fisher like has this boyfriend uh murray and like their whole thing is that they love fucking and it's great and <laughs> and carrie fisher is just like she feels older she's more of an adult she is older actually she, her, how, char her character is in her like late 30s yeah so there's like over 10 years difference between them but it feels like even more than that based on their personalities i feel like she just like found like a like a version of her mom that she could deal with and that's carrie fisher <laughs> Like, she's just like, oh, you're, like, a strong-willed woman. I feel, I feel woman. like Phoebe Cates does not know, like, in this movie, does not know how to make a friend that is her age. Like, she's just looking for, like, authority figures around. Maybe that's why when she's with um, Ron Eldred's character, Mickey, it's just, like, two children hanging out. Like they're, yeah, like, like she, doesn't know, she doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, and it's, like... <laughs> Yeah, you, you don't know how her and Carrie Fisher become friends. You just know that Carrie Fisher's just like, Charles sucks. And Carrie Fisher is like there to like... She's <laughs> like, I feel like she's the only one who's like, you can do better than this scrub, but like if you want to get back with him, like I get it. She's you know, you're like, married. She's amazing in this movie. Like the scene where like she's trying to, she's trying to like stop Murray. I love that she's a stop. Um, <laughs> like they're trying <laughs> to, they're trying to, they're trying to fuck and like Phoebe Cates comes over and she's just like, oh, drop dead friend, blah, blah, blah. And like, like, God bless Carrie Fisher for seeming like she actually cares. Like, that's honestly the best performance. And she's just like, oh, yeah, she really cares about Fred. But I just love that she just keeps on saying, you can't stay here. You can't stay here. You can't stay here. OK, fine. You can stay. Here. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this is my one night a month where I get to have sex with my boyfriend in my houseboat, which she has a houseboat, which is amazing. And love her houseboat. Yeah. Phoebe. Phoebe just like doesn't know how to. She just doesn't have anyone else. And so, yeah. I mean, she also just like has no chill at all. <laughs> like, absolutely not. Like, she can't just she can't just go like go sit sit somewhere and like think or like go to the library like she's just like this like frantic energy person yeah well she doesn't really have self-soothing techniques and her self-soothing technique from childhood was drop dead fred who's obviously actually destructive so she's trying to like get off of drop dead fred as a soothing technique but then now that just leaves her like frazzled and anxious as an adult and then he's trying to return it's like also did you feel like and maybe it's just because i think everybody wants to fuck everybody i kind of felt like drop dead fred wanted to fuck her oh i did i i honestly <laughs> i fully okay so drop dead fred returns to her i mean I'm, I'm assuming most of the people listening have seen the movie but drop dead fred you know returns to her after she's um gone to her mom's house after charles leaves her and he hasn't seen her since she grew up. And in that scene, I assume, because he's like, oh, you're all big. Ew. Because he's, you know, an imaginary friend like who's like dressed like her. a leprechaun. I yes. don't know. Whatever. That's fine, I guess. Um, but I very much was like, is this going to, is she going to fall in love with her imaginary friend? He's like, in love with her. 
like like I was like are they gonna f- have really weird sex and then there's gonna be like a kazoo there like <laughs> is this gonna end with like her like like in the fetal position like cuddling someone that doesn't exist like what oh is this movie God. no cause there are scenes when he's just like looking at her and he's he's looking at her with the eyes of somebody like I want to fuck you like it's like and we're supposed to believe that he's still kind that of he like kind of views her as like this because obviously he's an imaginary friend so he doesn't you know he doesn't age he doesn't have a concept of time in the same way yeah that he just he still views her as the child that he knew um but it's very i I do feel like there's like a sexual like there's moments where he leans so into her in certain yes, ways okay so right? i'm not the crazy one because like i was like what is going on he seems like he really wants it like, yeah <laughs> no absolutely <laughs> i just was just like how why who what how what? and like i mean it's like so much of this movie is like flashback it's like this movie is flashbacks of her making messes as a child with drop dead Fred. And then it's like her wanting Charles back. And, and there's one scene where drop dead Fred is like, why do you like Charles? Like, why, like, why do you want this guy back? And she's like, well, I love him as if that fucking means anything. It, no, um, she, what she and, describes is like, he brings me flowers. She's like, like oh. he's romantic. He brings me flowers. Literally nothing about him. Like it's nothing not, nothing about like, who like he it's is something that any being. awful person could do. Anyone can There's bring no you traits. Flowers. It's not like, Oh, he's like really funny. He's a good listener. We have these things. It's just like, Oh, he buys me gifts sometimes. And I was like, Oh, okay. So that sounds like something you could say about like any abuser. I'm not saying that Charles is a physical abuser, He, but he's definitely he's, not a healthy partner. No, not a healthy partner at all. No, he sucks. He's really just like... He's really skeezy. He's just like... And he definitely wants to have her around because he is controlling. Yeah, everybody in this movie kind of has a problem with control. Like, I feel like the mom has a problem. Like, I kind of feel like... It's a movie about control control issues. Yeah, <laughs> it's a deep and, dive into control. And it's also just like the mom. Like I feel like, I feel like that's the real story. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like because there's a conversation at the end, right, where yeah. they're in a fight, and the mom's like, "I had you to save the marriage," and then like it fell apart. Which that was the one moment in the movie where I was like, "Okay, mom, that's fucked up. You should not tell her yeah, that." You shouldn't like, tell her that. That was definitely the moment where I was like, "This shit's sad." And like, if the movie had shown this more, I would understand a lot more what it's pretending to say. Yeah. But but I also still felt bad for the mom, not because I thought Lizzie deserved to hear that, but because uh, the mom's just obviously unhappy and. She does take Lizzie to see a psychiatrist, which, of course, in the context of this movie is, like, bad. Oh, you yeah, know? this movie is very anti-psychiatry. It's like, oh, you're going to take the ki- the pills, and then we're going to disappear. The and it's like, make yes, your, your make imaginary your... friend who looks like a leprechaun that makes you break things should disappear. Like, <laughs> that is not going to kill your sense of wonder. <laughs> yeah, it's very, oh, the green pills. No, not the pills. Yeah, there's a whole thing where it's like she gets back with her husband and like the pills are just like weakening Fred and we're supposed to feel bad because it's weakening this person that doesn't exist. Yeah, and it's like Fred's not it's not like Fred's an imaginary friend who actually that's the thing that's interesting to me is it it feels like so much of this movie is trying to make like connect Fred to like this 
traumatic childhood and complicated relationship with her parents. But we don't know what the but trauma it, is. We don't, we don't know what the trauma is. We never really see enough that's actually real. We just see a lot of her making messes. We don't see anything deep enough for that to work. And Fred's not an imaginary friend that does any emotional labor. He's just... He's like basically another kid. He basically he, just tells her right. to make messes. He's, so yeah. it's not even like he's an adult figure that like soothed her and was like, like even when he gave her affirmations and he's like, you matter. Like you don't need to listen when your mom says you're not good enough. It's, it's, it's never just that. It's always like, so fuck her. Let's go like jump through a window. And I'm like, um, this isn't, yeah, it's I don't, like a very I want bad Fred to disappear because to... he is making her life worse. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he's just true. Like, he basically teaches her really bad coping mechanisms when he should, like, what she needs is more. Because, like, this rebellion that she's doing, who is she rebelling against? Like, what is she, like, like the, sh- like the thing where she comes home and the mom's like, hey, I just shampooed the carpet. And, of course, then, like, as soon as Drop Dead Friend shows up, she destroys the carpet. Like, who? what is that rebellion against? Like, it felt like... And it's you know what I was thinking the entire time, actually? I was thinking about um, how much Lorelai Gilmore hates her mom, Emily, and just thinking about, like, now as an adult, like, as a poor adult, when I rewatch Gilmore Girls, I'm just like, your rich mother just wants to improve your quality of life, you ungrateful. <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, I nominate myself uh, to be a Gilmore. Like, like the first episode of Gilmore Girls is like the mom just being like, I want to pay for Rory's school because this school will look good on her Harvard education. And like, instead, like Lorelai's just like, no, I'm just going to like take out a bunch of like loans with all this interest and like go into all of this debt because like, I don't want your money mom <laughs> yeah like file under problems that i don't have the energy to care about yeah or like file under problems i'd like to have <laughs> like, yeah it's just like that's what it felt like it felt like i could never i could never figure out why lorelei hated her mom on gilmore girls aside from the fact that she wanted to live a free-spirited life but what is a free-spirited life and that's how i feel about drop dead fred what is a free-spirited life for Lizzie? We don't know. We don't know. And there's such a space. Okay, so, like, Lizzie as a child is very strong-willed. She's She throws tantrums. She she doesn't... It's not like we know who she is as a child, but she has a personality. And then it's like, we don't know anything that happens to her or in her life as a teenager. I would have loved and to have known what she was like And then it just skips forward, and now she's this really docile, boring adult. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot that we didn't... Like, if you met child her, you would never know she was adult her. Like, adult her is, like, blank. Like, adult her is just, like, uh, like there's no personality. She has like, she's just complaining about her husband leaving, which, like, sure, that's something anyone would. But we don't know anything about what she's like. Like, Carrie Fisher is only in a few scenes, and we already have a sense of Carrie who she Fisher is. Carrie is a full character. Yeah, she's a person you'd hang scenes. out with. And Lizzie's, like, a main character, and we don't know anything and then and then um and i don't want her to be with anyone not even like ron eldred who it's very clear that like she's supposed to be with but like who is he even yeah like he like he comes into the movie and he like they reconnect because they run into each other and she finds out he's divorced and they were neighbors as kids and he's basically like he remembers drop dead fred and is like oh i always had this crush on you 
but like we don't really know like we just know that he likes that she does whatever she wants as a child oh but then God, as yeah, an adult that, that's that scene in the <laughs> where they're just where they're at a restaurant they're just like throwing they're throwing food at people yeah i don't <laughs> right and he's just like wow you just do anything that you want and that's so I, attractive that's so cool. and no it's not i'm like oh yeah this is great for the wait staff good job <laughs> <laughs> fantastic yeah like it i mean like here's the thing like this movie it's not really romantic comedy nope <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's like it's like when you said we were doing Drop Dead Fred, I was like, that doesn't really like make sense for our podcast genre wise, but it is like Halloween time. No, I mean, I feel like it makes sense for our podcast in the sense that um, what is what is really going on is kind of the stuff that's covered when we cover rom-coms. You know, it's supposed it's to be her trying to get her husband back. The self, the self-discovery. The yeah. Kind of like how... How am I going to be as an adult? Like a lot of a lot of rom coms are self discovery stories. Yeah, so there it's like coming of age for people in their late twenties. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, it is. I mean, it is centered around her relationship with her husband, and then later it kind of transitions to this uh, relationship with Mickey that doesn't really ever. There's no real resolution there. It's it's kind of. I mean, they are together. Yeah, but we don't really like, know why, but there's not enough. Again, there's no like, reason for them to be together. Exactly. Like like I feel like with most of this movie, like there's not enough depth or even just scenes of them actually hanging out without Drop Dead Fred. Like it's a very slapstick movie, you know? Yeah. And so the slapstick takes up a lot of space where there would actually be writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's why we're not really talking about a lot of like Fred's whatever the fucks because who cares? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Who cares what it's not interesting. Like, there's nothing to say. It's like he doesn't. If he had an actual emotional arc, then we would go into it. But there's not. He's just like, he hey, is- do you want to go knock over something? Cool, let's do it. Hey, <laughs> mom's bad. <laughs> like, there's the thing at the end. Like, that's the most emotion where she. I I think what happens is is that she basically goes to speak to her young self, and kind of like makes peace with um or maybe just like tells her young self that she's gonna be okay like that's kind of what it seems like happens sorry about my phone Uh, (laughs) that's fine uh yeah it just kind of seems like um yeah yeah he basically takes her to this imaginary world which again this is very much a therapy tactic like where you write letters or you communicate with your younger self, which again, so I was like, right. there's a lot of therapy in this movie, but yeah. it's not good enough to actually use it in ways, yeah. which bummed me out. Cause I would be so here for that shit if it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. He, she basically goes to her younger self and it's just like, it's going to be okay. And we're just like, who are you? Okay. But <laughs> here's the thing. Like what is going to be okay? What? Like you got a new man or like you and your mom are going to have a talk. Like, like I, I don't know if maybe like she goes back and she tells herself that then what that means is that she's not going to, she's automatically not going to need Fred anymore, but we don't know why she needed Fred to begin with. Exactly. Cause Fred did not do anything good. He did not teach her anything. Like literally the only thing he taught her was that she needed to talk to her younger self and it did, he didn't I need wonder, to like hang out with her that long for that to happen. Like this thing where, um, 
you know, you don't have, maybe it's like a ladylike versus like being your authentic, like messy, clowny self where it's just like, you don't have to like wear this nice, like suit dress, whatever. You don't have to, you know, (laughs) you don't have to wear a suit dress. You don't, you You can make mud pie. (laughs) You don't, yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to paint your nails. You don't have to be sophisticated. You don't have to wear pantyhose. Like you can just fucking, you know, just like wear a sack and just like hang around or like hide in a barrel and like scare people on the street or something. Like it just kind of seems like it's like you can be a you can be a stand up comedian, I guess, if you yeah. want to. But the thing is is that she's Phoebe Cates is a lot of things. Um funny? I I don't think I don't yeah, she like one of if things. Carrie Fisher was playing her role, that would make more sense. Like uh, it doesn't. Yeah. It's just there's not. She is charming and she is fun, but funny is a different thing. Yes, and, and Phoebe Cates doesn't really have that. And if they wrote her different, then she could. Be... I think so because like she's funny in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, she's just. She's not written to be funny in this movie. But she's movie. not goofy. Yeah. Right, and she's exactly. not funny in this movie. To the point where it doesn't really even make sense. Like, it seems like she got linked up with Fred so that she could be more interesting. Like, Fred seems like a crutch. Fred's, yeah, Fred's basically. Everything around her Fred's seems getting like a her crutch. attention. Like, I kind of wonder if she went to college. I think it's, like, insinuated that she didn't. Um, I kind of just feel like this is one of those situations where maybe she should have just like found herself in college, gotten a nose ring, like a bad tattoo or something like really, you know, like gone to Europe and like, well, I'm pretty sure like it's said it, I, I, it might just be implied or the vibe in the movie that she went straight from her mom's house to Charles. I think that that's exactly Yeah, and so like you said, there's no like her making friends yeah. or just her being out in the world. Yeah. She, you know, it's weird because at the end of movies like this, you, there's this indication that this per- that the protagonist is going to be happy and I'm not sure that she will be because i'm not sure what she learned i don't think that she knows who she is still yeah (laughs) i love how deep we went into drop dead fred (laughs) i for one am proud yeah i feel really bad that um i didn't connect more to this because this is the kind of movie that really would have the potential to yeah like a, a, a handful of friends reached out and were like oh my gosh i love that movie but all of them had seen it when they were really young yeah. and so i do wonder how different i would i could totally imagine myself having loved this if i'd seen it as a child and i was looking at it more from just the fun optics perspective of like oh having an imaginary friend you get naughty with but as an adult watching it for actual emotional arc i was like okay (laughs) i don't hate it it's just there's a lot to there's a lot to be finished yeah yeah i would love this is a movie that honestly could stand to be remade yeah and you know by women because i mean i think the main problem with drop dead fred is that it's not made by women it's starring women but yes i think which... that i think that the gaze is very male and i think that that limits 
uh, a the emotional lot. intelligence of yeah, the characters. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just too. It's too. Ma- like, there's just almost like no. Like Carrie Fisher is the only like distinctively like a woman. Like she feels so self possessed that she like wrote if if she wrote she her like own wrote lines, herself. Yeah, she totally does. I mean. Um, Carrie Fisher was a script doctor. I'm sure that if she was like, I'm, if I'm going to be in this movie, you're going to write my own lines. They would just let her totally. Do yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or just like, I'm going to ad lib a few things and like make it better, <laughs> like make it more me. But she's amazing. Like when she beats up the chair. <laughs> oh, incredible! No, she's uh, I like. I feel like she's worth it. You know, like I just uh, God bless her, her soul. Just like what. A beautiful like what a woman, magnetic, what like just like effortlessly sexy, effortlessly funny person. Yeah, what a fantastic the world was so lucky to have her. Really? Like we honestly did not deserve we her. We did not deserve her. No, she, not I at all. <laughs> so um I I actually have a recommendation for this already set oh, up. Oh, you do? Good. Postcards from the Edge, which is an adaptation of Carrie Fisher's, you know, book about her relationship with their mother, Debbie Reynolds. And we got Shirley MacLaine. We got Meryl Streep. And it's all of that shit, you know, dealing with men, dealing with moms, dealing with expectation, you know, dealing with. But it's all like actual depth because it's from her life. And it's, you know, it's all the themes, but actually fleshed out, but actually done well. That's perfect. Please watch postcards (laughs) from the edge. And we're going to do. (laughs) I will. I haven't seen it. What? I know. Oh, my God. You got to see it. I know. I got to treat myself. Yes. Um, I mean, we're going to keep doing some creepy stuff the next few weeks. Yeah, we're going to pick some more. Like, we're, we're getting, I feel like we're inching further into the creep, like, very slowly. Yes, we're doing, like, a slow. We're not, like, we're not doing, like, regular and then one Halloween. We're just, like, kind of doing a vibe, I feel. Yeah, I feel. Yes. Well, I've been Bronwyn Isaac. I've been Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Uh, yeah.